Hello and welcome to Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's Beaten Path. My name is Mike Allen, here with another fresh, fascinating story about historically significant people, places, or events from Connecticut's long and fabled past. Today on Amazing Tales, you may have never hiked it, but I guarantee you've heard its name, the Appalachian Trail, a very long hike extending through the eastern United States. So why do a podcast episode on a hiking trail? Well, it's 100 years old as of 2021, and Connecticut played a big role in its start. So lace up your hiking boots, get your backpack loaded with trail mix, and I'll tell you the story behind Connecticut's role in creating this marvelous trail. Let's start with some facts and figures about the Appalachian Trail. The idea for it began with a published paper on regional planning, a paper that was published in 1921, 100 years ago. It's not the longest trail in the world, or even in the U.S., but it is the longest one dedicated only to hiking. That is, nowhere on the trail can you have bicycles, dogs, motorbikes, or other such items, just your feet. And is maintained entirely by volunteers. Now, you often hear about the Pacific Crest Trail, which is in the western part of the United States. It starts at the Mexican border and goes up to Canada, and it's 2,650 miles long. The Appalachian Trail, a little bit shorter, 2,193 miles. It starts in Georgia and goes to Maine. Now, most people who have done both will tell you that the Appalachian Trail is a more difficult hike. And they have a way of kind of measuring this where you do what's called elevation gain or loss, how many times you're going uphill and then downhill. And the Appalachian Trail from end to end is the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest 16 times. Generally, they say it takes five to seven months for a well-trained hiker to do the Appalachian Trail and four to six months to do the Pacific Crest Trail. Now, the longest trail in the world, just for the record, is in Canada. It's called the Great Trail, used to be called the Trans-Canada Trail. It's an unbelievable 14,912 miles long. The Appalachian Trail covers 14 states. From north to south, that would be Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia. It goes through eight national forests. Now, approximately every year, three million people visit the trail. Along the Appalachian Mountain Range, you should know that it's 480 million years old, and, and this part's unbelievable. The peaks used to be as high as the Alps and the Rockies, but over time, natural erosion knocked them down. In this area, the Northeast United States, you'll find the Taconic Mountains of eastern New York and western Connecticut is part of it, along with the White Mountains of New Hampshire and the Green Mountains of Vermont. Further south, you'll find the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Smoky Mountains. The highest point on the trail? Clingman's Dome in Tennessee, 6,600 feet high. And you might want to know there have been 13 murders recorded on the trail. Six in Virginia, three in Pennsylvania, two in Georgia, and one each in Tennessee and New Hampshire. Now I'm going to share with you in a bit some of the record holders for things like the quickest hike, the person who's walked the entire trail the most, etc. But first I want to tell you the story of how Connecticut itself was involved. 
Benson Mackay was born in Stamford, Connecticut in 1879. He studied forestry at Harvard and graduated from there and went on to the U.S. Forest Service. He was given the responsibility of overseeing the Appalachian Mountain area. Now, in those days, it was a very poor area, lots of poverty and farms mainly, with people trying to scratch out a living. There were literally hundreds of farms, and when Benton looked at them, he said they're not connected, they're not sharing agricultural tips, they're isolated. In those days, there were no airports, and cars were just starting to catch on, so you still had a lot of horses and wagons. And essentially, Benton Mackay had two ideas. Number one, build some trails between the farms and get them interacting and sharing. Number two was a little bit more philosophical. He saw that cars were starting to open up the country to commerce, and he thought trails could do just the opposite, take people from commerce back into the wilderness. So at age 42, in October of 1921, he wrote an essay entitled An Appalachian Trail, a Project in Regional Planning. And that was the basis upon which the trail was created. Now, Benton had that vision, but he was not the implementer. He put the paper out, the Appalachian Trail Conference was formed, but there was just a lot of talk at that first one. A guy named William Welsh became the head of the loose-knit group. William was the chairman of the Palisades Park Commission in Rockland County, New York. Well, a year later, when nobody was building the trail, 1922, the New York Evening Post put out an article, A Grand Trail from Georgia to Maine, and it got a lot of people interested in the concept. It was written by a guy named Raymond Torrey, and it turns out he wrote it at the request of none other than William Welsh, the Palisades Park Commission chairman, to try and get things stirred up. Still, nobody was building the trail from Maine to Georgia. In 1923, Tory suggested to Welsh that they start it. So by October of 23, the first part of the Appalachian Trail was blazed through Harriman and Bear Mountain Parks in New York, and it was opened in October of 23. Now, the land it was built on was dedicated as open space by a woman who was very upset with the state of New York because they wanted to build a prison on the land, so she donated it as dedicated open space, and that's where the Appalachian Trail, the first part of it, was in fact built. Now that's near the present-day Bear Mountain Bridge overlooking the Hudson River, which has Revolutionary War significance because Fort Montgomery and Fort Clinton are right nearby. In 1926, Arthur Perkins, a retired Connecticut lawyer and former police court judge, came onto the scene, and none too soon. He was a conservationist who was active with the New England Trail Conference. The problem was that the Appalachian Trail Conference wasn't going anywhere. It was fledgling, and people thought the whole thing was going to fall apart. Well, Perkins came in and gave it a needed shot of adrenaline for five years to make sure it kept going. Now, in 1931, as he's getting on in years, he realized he couldn't keep it going forever and wanted to pass on the baton. So he brought in his protege, Myron Avery, to replace him. We'll get back to Myron in just a second. But the other thing Arthur Perkins did was in 1933, he contacted a farmer in very rural Sherman, Connecticut, a guy named Ned Anderson. Well, Anderson lived on none other than Anderson Road on a huge farm. And he said to Ned, would you build the first part of the Connecticut leg of the trail? Because Anderson was not only a farmer, he was an avid outdoorsman. Well, it took Anderson four years, but he blazed the trail through northwest Connecticut 
50 miles worth of trail, and that was the second major leg of the Appalachian Trail. So in 1931, Myron Avery comes in and takes over for Arthur Perkins. Avery's a real go-getter from the state of Maine who quickly realized what he needed to do was to organize the rest of the states to keep the momentum going and get the rest of the trail built. He ended up chairing the Appalachian Trail Conference until his death in 1952. That was a period of about 20 years that he was at the helm. Well, he had big philosophical differences with Benton Mackay. Now, Mackay was the guy whose vision it was to have the trail in the first place. By the end of their lives, in fact, for the last 15 years of their lives, by all accounts, the two didn't even speak. They had disagreements about a shopping center near the trail that Mackay said they should oppose the building of it. Avery said, let's just relocate the trail around it and keep going. And that's what they did. And then there was the question about having skyline vista walks along the trail so you could get a nice view. That was something Avery wanted. Mackay did not. Avery won that one too. And the third big disagreement was how to view the government as a partner or an adversary. Again, Avery came away as the winner on that one, viewing them as a partner. Well, by 1937, just six years after Avery came in, the trail was officially complete from Maine to Georgia. Now, the problem was, though, there were 800 miles of it, about one-third, that were on paved roads or private property. And it wasn't until 1978 that the federal government gave $90 million to buy the land or use eminent domain, something that the National Park Service undertook. They wanted to make it a protected trail and make sure that they would have it for the rest of time. Well, this included a controversial stretch in Dutchess County, New York, near a place called Nuclear Lake, which was the site of a nuclear accident with a substantial radiation release. And we'll discuss that standalone story in a separate episode. Well, now, as promised, some incredible stories about people who have been on the trail and done some amazing things. Now, first off, you should know that this was never intended to be a trail that anybody would walk for its entire distance. The original concept was that it would be used regionally or locally. Well, by now, residents of 50 different countries have walked the entire trail. Most of them are in their 20s. Now, more than 3,000 people attempt a through-hike of the entire Appalachian Trail each year, but only about a quarter of them make it, meaning there's somewhere between 750 and 900 people walking the entire length of the Appalachian Trail in any given year. Well, the first person to talk about is a guy named Earl Schaefer, and it was back in 1948 that he made the first continuous hike and, in fact, the first round trip, the first person to do it. Now, he was a military veteran, and he hiked its raw, unmaintained length because the Appalachian Trail wasn't yet into a period of regular maintenance. He wore his army boots, he did not wear socks, and he filled his boots with sand, that was to toughen his feet and stave off blisters. Emma Gatewood, 1955. She saw that five men had walked the trail, but no women. So she became the first female to do a through hike. Now, amazing story about Emma. She did it with Ked's sneakers. The older listeners will remember them. An army blanket, a raincoat, and a plastic shower curtain. That was it. She had to contend with copperheads and rattlesnakes along the way and reportedly fended off one rattlesnake with her walking stick. 
And at the end, she was quoted as saying, I would never have started this trip if I had known how tough it was, but I couldn't and wouldn't quit. Now, as amazing as all this is, the most important thing about Emma that you need to know is she was 67 years old, she had 23 grandchildren, and her nickname was Grandma Gatewood. She became the first person, woman or male, to hike the trail three times. And the last time she did it was at the age of 77. William Doyle from Mountain City, Tennessee, has hiked the entire trail 18 times. And if your math is a little rusty, that's a total of about 40,000 miles. Youngest person to do it? Well, that's Harvey Sutton, a five-year-old boy known on the trail as Little Man. He's believed to be the youngest person to have completed the hike ever. Carl Sabi. Now, he's from Belgium. Carl is an ultra runner, as they're called. And in 2018, he smashed the previous speed record for going the entire length of the Appalachian Trail. Now, stop and think about this, but the old record had been basically a month and a half, 45 days, and it was by Washington-based speed hiker Joe McConaughey. Well, Carl did it in 41 days, 7 hours, and 39 minutes, and that remains the standing record for the fastest walk of the Appalachian Trail. He also, by the way, holds the speed record for the Pacific Crest Trail. He did that in 52 days. And Joe McConaughey, who's number two on the Appalachian Trail, is also number two on the Pacific Crest Trail. So the two of them clearly have a friendly rivalry. But the last story is the one that's the best story. And it's about Mike Hansen. Now, Mike was 45 years old back in March of 2010. And it took him about seven months to finish the trail. Nothing great to write home about there, except for one very important fact. Mike was totally blind. Before he went on the trip, he used a special GPS receiver, which he figured out could tell him exactly where the campsites were, water, and dangerous spots. An incredible story indeed. There are plenty of accolades to be handed out in terms of people who contributed to the Appalachian Trail in the big way. Of course, Connecticut will point to Benton Mackay, who provided the vision 100 years ago by publishing his paper. There was Arthur Perkins of Hartford, who stepped in early on when enthusiasm was faltering and provided leadership to keep it going. And of course, farmer Ned Anderson to Sherman, who blazed the Connecticut portion of the trail. The state of Maine will always point to Myron Avery, He's the man widely credited and called the person who built the trail. None of this should ever let us forget the hundreds of volunteers who built and have maintained the trail for 100 years. Now, if you ever happen to be hiking along the trail, keep your eyes open for this. In the state of Maine, the eastern peak of Bigelow Mountain is now called Avery Peak in honor of Myron Avery. The first 300 miles of the trail, starting at Springer Mountain in Georgia, and continuing to the eastern end of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in North Carolina is called the Benton Mackay Trail. And near Kent and Sherman, Connecticut, going over the 10-mile river, is the Ned Anderson Memorial Bridge.
that's it for another episode of Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's Beaten Path. Please follow me in between episodes on either Facebook at Amazing Tales CT or Instagram also at Amazing Tales CT. I'd love to hear from you, and if you have any ideas for something you'd like me to cover, drop me a line. If you like what you heard, spread the word with your friends and family. See you next time here on Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's Beaten Path. I'm Mike Allen. Be safe and stay healthy. Stay healthy.